Welcome to the Bougie Black Brother Network. Hello everyone, this is Alicia Carr with Women Tech Talk and today we are having this interview that we had to fix from last time and I'm interviewing Miss Kim Creighton, our sister of our sisters, <laughs> the powerhouse of Women of Code in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. What's up everybody? And so Kim, let's go to the spiel. Okay, what's the spiel? Introduce yourself, dog. Okay, you want me to introduce myself? Okay, I am Kim Creighton, and that's Mm -hmm. P-R-A-Y-T-O-N. I am, um, how do I want to do this? Do I want to go backwards or do I want to go forwards? I'll go forward. forward. Mm -hmm. So I have a master's degree in training and development. Mm -hmm. I'm a certified special needs teacher. I taught high school. I have years of experience working with um, learners of all ages from running um, after school summer camp programs to working with people learn, um, getting their GED from ages five to almost in the grave. Um, I've been working with learners forever. I know how to write curriculums. Um, I do workshops. Um, currently, I am getting a doctorate in business administration, focusing on technology entrepreneurship. And in the tech space specifically, I run a group called Junior, De- um, Junior Dev Mentoring. And the Twitter handle for that is at J-R-D-E-V Mentoring. And that's for um, providing a platform for people who are trying to come into code and development to find support and mentorship. I run a group called The, um, um, the Spectrum Codes, which is helping to um, aid people on the spectrum to transition into technology um, jobs. And then finally, well, my Twitter is Kim at Kim, I mean, at Kim Creighton One. And then the, my baby now is Community Engineering Report, and that's at C O M M E G N Report. Right, so you have a podcast yes, as well. Yes, yes. So that's, that you that's, just my, best, started. that's my baby. Yes, right, yes. I've been listening to it, and I'm oh, like, okay. yes, girl. I've been <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, you, I mean, because you know, we both talk, have podcasts, yes. we talk on different subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, me, I focus on my ladies. Yeah, yeah. My sisters with a Y. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, you talk about the diversity, inclusion, and safe among, spaces in tech, mm-hmm. but from us economic standpoint. Right, yes. right, right. It's all about the business, it's all about the money, and why diversity, inclusion, and safe spaces matter Right. Uh, to your bottom line. Right, it does. Mm-hmm. And so, now, you know that, you know, right now, me and Kim are in um, Spokane, Washington, at DjangoConf, and we, we actually, like, switch, you know, positions. I'm keynoting. And she's just, you know, one it of the... It is sweet position. <laughs> <laughs> she's the massive keynote. She's always getting a keynote. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I may have gotten, you know, three. She gotten ten. Whatever. <laughs> um, that, that is not true. We, there's a time and space for every message. You know, yeah, and I yes. know that. I know and so that. this is your, I didn't, we didn't switch. You earned this. <laughs> yes, but I'm doing also, I'm um, speaking here. And so we're sitting in this comfortable chair, and um, so now we're gonna really have this real conversation is that, 
Kim started to speak, and then she was like, yo, you know, we all need to speak. I mean, she basically told women of Code Atlanta, yo, we need to, you know, get us out there. We need to speak. We're an uh, unrepresented community, and we need to put more of us out there. So Kim basically, you know, pushed several about, <laughs> you know, pushed, pushed us several over the edge. Yeah, yeah. said, learn how to swim. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so with that, Atlanta has been really been pushed out kicking there. Butt. To, yeah, kicking butt, kicking butt, speaking. Yeah, to the I mean, we're, it's 13 of us speaking at Connect Tech. Right, which is um, a local conference. Yeah, which is a local conference. Um, and we're actually going to put together a map because so many of us are speaking all over the world now. And um, the workshop, I did a workshop, um, a speaker's workshop, and that was in spring. Mm -hmm. And just a short amount of time, how people have taken to because um, I gave you the tools I gave you the template that I used and told you how to do it um, because we all have a story to tell and we all have a right to tell our story uh, particularly in this space when you're talking about underrepresented and marginalized communities there's been one predominant voice and again I don't I, I don't um, hate white men there's nothing to get but your voice your opinion is not the only one out there right right and um, thankfully tech is making is, is challenging as it is tech is making a space again it's for economic reasons let's mm -hmm. be honest mm -hmm. um, there's some 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 great people out there doing um, doing you know have this as a mission but when businesses are, are gravitating to it because it, it, it positively affects their bottom line. Right, but, the, but and so, it's a different... So, you, you know, when, and I did the discussion panel with AWS and mm -hmm. one of the um, panelists said, you know, it's all about the money. But it was from a different perspective the way he was saying it. You know, we see it as if you don't put women in there, it's all about the money. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're starting to see it with all this... Um, what is it, news articles with, that's going on, that's being put out there, that's talking about how women are not valuable, you know, from a sign. Yeah. The, okay, let's be real. The manifesto that came from Google. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brother Man was like, you know, it's a scientific, you know, perspective. Well, he was speaking um, erroneously about biology. And um, this is where I, um, I'm a huge proponent of people watching the documentary, The Ascent of Women, and that's A-S-C-E-N-T, The Ascent of Women, because um, the documentarian actually gives a historical perspective of how women who were once equal to men and in some cultures were raised above men, how um, through religion, through male dominance, women were put in, in uh, not allowed to go out in communities in some, some instances, um, were required to stay at home. Um, there was a threat of life. Um, and because of those things, we were socialized the way women are socialized because we didn't have a choice. We couldn't go anywhere, so we developed these social skills. Um, but that is not biology, that's sociology. Um, and that's the answer if you're looking at the anthropolog anth anthro oh my god anthropologist perspective on this anthropological that's what I'm trying to say perspective on this it's it's not about biology it's about we haven't been allowed to I mean let's be honest we have been a threat of death told that these spaces weren't ours where in in, in history they were ours. Mm -hmm. 
Um, again, some of the pushback on the whole manifesto is that women were the first computer programmers. And, but at that time, those jobs were considered, so his, his argument is not a sound one. Yeah. Um, he, there are some points he made that, um, about his freedom of speech and all that that I'll get to in a moment, but I want to get back to the fact of the whole, um, the, oh my God, what was I saying? The, um, with the women, with him. Oh with yeah, the, as being, being the programmers, um, that was considered a, not only was it, whether it women, but it was, there were a lot of people of color doing those jobs. Right. And it was because that job was seen as clerical. Right. It wasn't until that job became one of status and started paying more money that again, men pushed women out of these positions. Um, so we created the pro computer programming field. We, that was a part of what we did. And um, again, that whole historical thing, when men find opportunities, they malign women and, and it becomes a part of the nomenclature, the, the, the societal thing of this is not, this is our thing, but it was not your thing. So, yeah. so I always have harken back to people, go look at history. I am a huge um, World War II buff. I, I would watch anything on World War II and particularly the five leaders of World War II from Japan, Germany, um, Russia, um, um, England, um, and um, United States and how their personalities shaped what was going on yeah that is true. Um, mm -hmm. and and how they handled certain things based on their perspective mm -hmm. what they knew so for an example Churchill was better positioned as a and I just saw this documentary was better positioned as a prime minister for wartime because of, he had, was, had been, for the, past, for the 10 years leading up to the war, had been doing, uh, writing a biography on his ancestor um, who were, won a war. And that's how he got his um, elite um, status because he, his, his ancestor was given this castle and all this other stuff. Um, so he had been studying war up until that time. So he, yeah, he, he was very strategic. It's, it's because he'd been studying, yeah. it was what he had been focused yeah. on for, for 10 years. So he was the right person to put in, time, put in, put in charge mm -hmm. at the wartime. But once the war was over, they wanted yeah. a peacetime leader. Yeah. So it's again, his perspective. And so I'm saying all this to say that for us to move forward, we need various perspectives. We cannot just allow because you cannot create products and services for a global community, a global market, from one or two perspectives. Right. Because right. now you're not, your customer base is not just in your small community if you had a hardware store. Your customer is not just in the United States or your country if you had a, a mail order business mm -hmm. or a chain of stores throughout. That's not who your customer is just anymore. It is people from all over the world. Right. And you, just by your own perspective, don't have the information you need to make those choices business-wise for everybody. Right. And so that's the dollar. That's the dollar talking. So you need people of color. You need women. You need uh, people uh, from the LGBT community. Right. You need right. people who, who are from different time zones. You need people who, who 
have no poverty on a totally different level than most of us in the different United cultures. States understand. Yeah. You need people who, who can view one, who have a historical relationship like with one issue, but they take it from totally different. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't mean that all of that gets gets put into your um, product or service. But you need those perspectives and you need to have those conversations so that you know that you're creating the product and services that your your um, your demographic needs. Yeah, but that caters to the, if, if if more companies were to look at it in that perspective, how just how marketable they would be, just how important they would be in oh, all communities. I call it competitive advantage, using mm -hmm. organizational um, change, or organizational culture as competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. Because the organizations who do this well, have a competitive advantage of, and that's the whole thing about competitive advantage. There are two things about is is you either get a competitive advantage by making stuff cheaper than everybody else, or differentiating yourself. Amazon, and so, but they've done both. Yeah, they've made stuff cheaper and they've differentiated yes. themselves. So that's why so many people cannot touch Amazon because not only do they curate all this this stuff um, and sell it cheaper than the store, and mm -hmm. if you're a Prime, you get in and and in um, two days right. that's a differentiation I can get my stuff not only cheaper but I can get it in two days but I can also um, when they're with their um, Amazon web services that's differentiation so yeah. they, they so they yeah. do it both ways they do they they have differentiation and they have yeah. cost um, I mean because I think about it when I think about them I think about them I was like oh my god look at the what the hell they doing you know every time I'm reading my tech news they're doing something mm -hmm. I'm like god yes. damn it yes what they're the they're, they're innovating. What, they're innovating all the in the news. They put we're hiring one hundred thousand people. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I said they onto something. Yes. yes. And then you hear, okay, we bought um, Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Oh, that ain't the half of it. Yes. They now, is it? I think is it Amazon? Amazon is shipping food from Sprouts. Yes. So think about. Think about your, I don't like going to the grocery store. I hate going to the grocery store. <laughs> no, but I like Whole Foods. So I like, and it's not for me like the whole elitist, oh, um, the 1%. They just have a variety of foods that I like. Um, and so with their volume, people who normally who live in grocery store deserts or whatever they call it, you know, there are no grocery stores mm -hmm. and no health mm -hmm. food. How, can, how easily can they get? Yeah food that they that's of value to them now you, because uh, that's because i'm then remember they were talking about the drones amazon talking about drones they now have their own airplanes now yes yes and so i'm looking at amazon is like so what the hell is next yes so now that you got this you know going on yeah of course and this is the thing women women have to go to the food store Women. That's who. That's that's who buys and groceries. And so, and think not of, me though. Yeah, I mean, I'm an exception. <laughs> well, I mean, with the, you know, as far as shipping it, you know, it's yeah. like I go there, I pick my stuff out as a woman, get my diapers, get my um, toilet paper, mm -hmm. paper towels. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They they learn the needs of the market. They mm -hmm. know who is going to. They learn that if anybody's going to be buying, or it's going to be. The women. The, the larger percentage of household spending is, is women. Oh, I'm going to put that yeah. on my presentation. Yeah. I just thought about that, you know, yeah. just a comparison. Yeah. So with that, you know, why do you think that this is happening to our tech community? What is this? Be specific. What do you mean? Why is 
like you said, this is not, you, well, you said it's not going to change. When we sat down, we said this is not going to change how they treat or think about the women in tech community. Who said that? What you you mean? said, meaning, how did you say it? You said, it like, it's not going to change it. They're going to still be the same. Companies are not going to change the way they do to, to do business. We're going to still see this is the issue with diversity, inclusion. Um, it's going to always be there. I, no, I, 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 if I said that, that's not what I meant because if a business wants to stay in business, it's going to change. So change is the only constant there is. You either go change um, um, with, 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 with an open policy and, 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 and go through the growing pains and get through it as, a, as an organization, or you're going to do it begrudgingly and be very painful and not be successful. Um, I can go, as a researcher, I can go to any research database and find and, and put in organizational change and find thousands of articles on organizational change just because it's so challenging. Once you get a culture uh, or policies and stuff in place, it's so challenging to change those because people get comfortable. The companies who are thinking about this at the beginning when they start developing their products and services and start iterating this process, developing their culture, um, thinking about and inclusion just isn't let me stop here inclusion just isn't women and people of color it's how do you deal with people who are in different time zones who are on your team why are you making them get up at four in the morning to have meetings because they fit the time zone for it for the united states it's a whole bunch of things that people need to be thinking about that people aren't having conversation about that people need to be included so if if you're if i decide tomorrow to start a business or to put out a product or service i need to be thinking about how to be as inclusive to first of all after hopefully you've identified your market right right and so that drives what inclusiveness is now if you're just dealing with again the people in your community you, there might not be a reason for you to be right. inclusive because yeah. it makes no sense because right. that's the people right there if they're all let's say if they're all Asian th that's what Chinatown right. is you right. know right. Um, so people don't go to Chinatown to, to get well, they, I mean, I don't think they go to Chinatown to get Mexican food. You know, they go to Chinatown to get, get Chinese, Chinese food, food right. um, or Asian-inspired food. And so, that if that's your case, then you do. But if your case is to hit a global market, well, like most tech companies, right, you cannot. Right. I mean, I don't see how you can create a, an effective tech company just from a mar right. small community. Right. So, if your thing is to is to uh, to uh, to get customers from a broader base, you have to do this. And you need to be thinking about this from the beginning so that you're iterating, as you're iterating your product, as you're doing the agile method for your products, you need to be doing that for your culture. Figuring out every two weeks, let's try this out. Oh, it didn't work. What was the feedback? How do we, the same process and put those things in place. And once you get these processes in place, you need to document them so that you're not reinventing the wheel every time. That's how that's how business run. Business runs on processes, procedures, and policies. Yeah, my husband will tell you that it's yeah, that same thing. That's it, it because that's how you don't lose money because yeah. every time you reinvent the wheel you're making shit up at yeah. that moment and you've already done it you wasted money again and so we're speaking about that we also talking about the fact that when Google um, Google fired him they fired him because of the fact that he used well it was, it was a violation of their code of conduct right, their code of and conduct. so when people talk about um, 
the First Amendment. The First Amendment is a relationship or agreement you have with the United States government. It has nothing to do with a private business that you work for. Your private business that you work for um, has some, you, you sign off to agree to the rules that they have. Exactly. And so, yes, you may have every right to say what you want to say. And had he said it in a personal medium blog, yeah. that would have been a whole different thing. Right. But because you use company tools, company communication channels to, to, to create, to, um, to um, to spread your or just share your message, it not only violated their culture, their um, code of conduct in that fact, but I'm gonna put, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some stuff that people aren't even talking about. Yeah, women were offended. Yeah, white, some people, white men, a lot of white men were a lot of people were offended. But the bottom line is, you disrupted my business. Mm -hmm. You took you took the focus. So now, when I go to work on Monday as Google, we can't do business because yeah. we're dealing with this thing. Yeah, that's the so issue. with that, the issue you just again it goes down to business. It's economics. Now I have to stop because this man was going on vacation. I have to come back. Yeah, he was on <laughs> and deal with this thing. And now I want to have because they were going to have this open forum. But then he got messages that the people of color, uh, the people marginalized women, did not feel comfortable because they were afraid for their, their own safety. So now your people are afraid for their safety. You've disrupted their business. Mm -hmm. That's money. So not only that, but then when you did that, because you used company um, communications channels, they had to come out strongly to because now people are thinking, is this how Google is. is this is this their yeah. message? Yeah. So now you've taken me I, whatever I'm working on. I got to stop, get my lawyers together so we can go, um, craft a message so that the world, because this is a world yeah. thing, yeah. knows that this is not our message and, and blah, 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 blah. That costs money. Yeah. That costs time. That's resources. Yeah. So, yes, you deserve to be fired. Yeah. There are consequences, even with um, um, First Amendment, the government may not come in, but there are consequences to behavior. Yeah. Yeah. That's just period. And that is the thing that I find most disheartening with with society today. Um, as, a, as a high school teacher, this was a major issue I have. Yeah, you can do what you want to, but that does not exclude you for the consequences that I'm going to put on you based on what you did or did not do as right. your as your instructor. Right. So you you can call your mama. You can. That's I don't care because this is what I had outlined, and because you did not meet that standard, there are consequences. That's just life. And so now it's just the, we we live in an environment where we say we do we act we, we harass people we do all kinds of things first of all that we wouldn't do in their face we would not do in their face and then um, we do it and we we couch it in oh my First Amendment rights what you don't have a right to do is make other people uncomfortable that's not what you have a, and that's what code of conduct's about it's about if nobody, and it's not about being politically correct, because I, I don't believe in politically correct, because I can tell you there's some fun times as a special needs teacher, there are some terms I had to use because the political correct terms people didn't understand. Right. They yeah. made assumptions about certain things, and I had, would have to say, no, this is what this means, yeah, exactly. so that they could understand that. Um, and that's so, another thing, too, because people don't understand the code of conduct. People think that um, a lot of people don't understand why it's put in place. And so, so for me, a code of conduct is, is, is a thing that says, when you're talking about inclusivity, um, diversity, creating a, basically creating a safe space. Right. I'm going to be a bit devil advocate. Because Google said he had every right to say what he said, and they had channels for that. They had back to that, 
groups that people can have a conversation where he, and I'm not even gonna say, made a mistake because this was quite intentional. Um, and I dare say calculated uh, because now he has, a, now career is a pundit on something. I mean, he doesn't need Google anymore. Um, all these people think he's this, his, this very um, outspoken person. So he's going to write books. He's going to do all these kind of things. So he's, so it's, it's worked to his advantage. Right, it did work to his advantage. And so that's fine. You've done what you did. But, but from what um, the CEO and people have said, Google, like other large tech companies, they have places for you to, to air your issues in ways that don't imp impede on the rights of others. That's just the bottom line. And if you're not getting satisfaction there, then you don't actually need to be there. And that's another thing. Um, that's a private company. That is, they don't, you don't have the, because I'm gonna tread on this lightly because then people are gonna t try to flip it back and say the same thing about people of color or women. Um, and then they don't need to be there either. But again, it goes back to, to I can always bring it back to the economics of it. Yeah, you can make a hostile environment, and yeah, that's why women are leaving um, tech in droves. Yep. yep. But it's affecting you negatively, economically. Right. And that's the bottom line, and that's the difference because they can always find another white guy. That's yes. true. They can right. always find. And the, another thing is, is that they're not the only ones. We have the same. We we're seeing this continuously, where these big companies are getting their foot put in their mouth. Okay, so let's address that because it's, uh, let's start with it. Let's, let's use Uber as an example. So, and this is why it's economically, so I'm, I'm speaking to those people who are really thinking about um, small businesses and how they're gonna move forward. You never get to your I, um, IPO um, with this kind of culture. And this is why you need to, um, or stay there. You may get there, but you won't stay. Because now, venture capitalists, again, about business, it's all about it's all the economics. And now starting to do risk assessments based on your culture. And why would I invest money in a in a company that has a negative or bro culture or whatever um, to any when two years from now I might be you may be sued for sexual harassment or discrimination. That's my money. So now it's hitting really hitting you in the financial pocket because you won't be able to get that funding that you're looking for, that seed funding, that growth funding, any of that stuff. Um, because people, and, you, and you're seeing it with these venture capitalists um, who are leaving their own companies because they've been sexually harassing people. Yes, I've seen um, that a lot too. Because um, mm -hmm. they've been discriminating against people. They're having to leave. Um, so the culture, it's, and, and, and it's only because, okay, I'm gonna say only, that's, that's an absolute. What I'm gonna say is, Economics is driving them. It, they may have the best intentions, and there may be people in the company who this is one something they've been wanting to do. But as long as it was accepted by the masses, people didn't stand up and say it against it. it but now the tilt, the the tipping point has happened, right. where there are more people who are saying this is straight bullshit, and we're not accepting it anymore. Right. right. Now you can't go back it's the genie's out the bottle you can never go back so and gonna, that's we're gonna start seeing more so you're saying that we're gonna start seeing more companies diverse itself before they even come present themselves in front of a you're gonna have family. to you're gonna have to so they're gonna yeah so. yeah you're gonna have to have policies in place even before you hire people 
How, what's our hiring policy? How are we going to make sure that we don't have unconscious bias? How are we going to make sure that we're not, um, um, that we're welcoming? How are we going to, and, and, and we don't know these, we don't know these communities. So now we have to go do active outreach in these communities. How are we going to do that and not make it come back and bite us in the ass because we've said or done something in the communities when we had the best of intentions that, that backfired on us because now you got to bring somebody from that community with you because yeah. you don't know. And so um, when I wrote my article, and I'm actually thinking about making this one of my presentation, um, the um, no comment needed. Mm -hmm. And the first line is just shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. I, think I love that. Yeah. And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's not... Okay, so as a high school teacher, there were often times I had to just do something crazy just to get my students' attention because they were just like... And, and they were just shocked. It's like you shock them back and then they're like, oh, okay. So that's what the, 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 the whole title is. If I, if I start my thing with just shut the fuck up, people are like, what? What the hell? What the Yeah. And so that gets people attention to say, for the first time white men your opinion is not the only opinion that matters and you're not the expert in the room so if you're not the expert in the room and you intend to do business with cultures communities uh, constituents that are not like you then you need to do a damn good job of making sure you recruit those people who can help you do that again it's economics it's economics and I, I mean, I'm not naive enough to get offended by that. It is what it is. Well, yeah, because, yeah, Kim, we know you don't hold shit back. Yeah, it there is what it there's is. There's no holding, no back, holding nothing back. And that's why, you know, we love you so much. Because you make it so real, especially, you know, no matter what, you know, it's, it was so bad. Because remember when we say, like, um, Fabio? We yes, met, yes. Fabio, we met in Italy. Yeah. Fabio said, I know somebody you need to talk to. Yeah. You know Kim Creighton? Dude, we yeah. all, that's all I do know. Yeah, we, we, we live. Shit, she live right down the street. Yeah, from yeah. You know he how it is me, in Atlanta. We're right yeah. around the corner. He sent me that um, tweet, and I was like, dude, um, yeah, we know each other. We yeah. know each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know when I when I talk about when we when we okay, when let we me see. stop you right there because I want that that needs to be celebrated that two black women from Atlanta are known around the world yes that i want to take a moment and take that yeah. in the fact that you could be in italy yes that you could be in italy and somebody say who i met in puerto rico yeah. say hey do you know this black woman and you're like yeah we do yeah and it's it's, a, it's amazing though Kim. but we're paving the way but you started that with me and i mean i didn't think about you know when i started applying for it like when i applied for the talks last year and I was like, you know, and then found out, we found out that that idiot became president. I was like, oh, my life is fucked up right now. I was like, oh, 2017 is going to be so fucked up for me. I, it's like, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm getting all these, these accepting into the, um, mm -hmm. these conferences. I was like, okay, so maybe just because he's there, then there's like a fucking See, that's what I was going to say. I had a totally different experience. Okay, so I am not... Of, of a political bend, I'm always thinking about the economics of stuff, and that's just all the business. And and for me, I wasn't discouraged by him becoming president. It actually encouraged me because I, for it, it broke down all barriers. You cannot say that you need this requirement, this requirement, this requirement to be anything in the United States anymore. So for me, it was just like, well, fuck. <laughs> If I ever doubted my ability to conquer this tech thing, why the fuck would I? 
I can do this. And, 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 and the whole thing is because, because you know, my workshop is taming the Wild West because there is no path to this. Right, so it's very, right. so it's right. very, so it's very discouraging. It's very, unner it's, it's very, because we're, we come from a culture that, you know, there's a path to everything. If you want to be a teacher, right. you want to be a, yes. so for this not to have a path, it was very unsettling for me. But his coming in, and I felt that he made this shit up as he was going. I was like, fuck this. I can do it the same thing. <laughs> you know and, and, and I embraced I, it. I never thought about it. Yes, I embraced it. That, you know, as as being a, a African-American woman. Yes. And we going, we seeing, you know, a, a smart black president step out, you know, leave because, you know, his term, his term was up. And then we get an idiot. And then thinking about how, how much is he going to fuck up the United States? Yeah, see, I didn't. Th I see, I, that's again, how that's how I was looking. Yeah, at yeah. So I, I, again, you now, know, my philosophy is: do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Right, right. And, and so for me, it's uh, how can I make this happy for me? Right. And for me, I w chose to see it through rose-colored glasses. Like, damn, the opportunities for marginalized and, uh, and underrepresented people are just amazing now. Because th what can you say can stop us? You have no, you have no sound ground yeah. to say that we don't belong here anymore. Yeah. We and can make the, we can make this shit up. Right. And and I mean, right now, like what you said, like. Us traveling the world, yes, and us making a name for ourselves, and you, and the, you know being like the only black woman at a conference in Australia. And I and I don't even and I don't even have technical talks. I talk about community. Yeah, that's, and that's how I started too. You know, it's like because yeah. I mean, my only technical talk is a, how to do documentation. Shit. And that, so it's just like it's, it's like one of those things. You and know? So, but it's a need for it. Exactly. One thing is a need for it. Two is is that they don't see too many African American women talking in these other countries, and they want to hear what we have to say about. They want to know our again. Experience. They want people are. That's why novels work. Mm -hmm. They tell a story. People want to hear other people's. So you have people who will stick to one genre. Let's say you do, like romance books. And you may like just one author, but most people don't. If you like romance books, you like several different authors right. because they tell stories differently. That's what this is. It's telling a story. Yeah, but you, our story is like, hey, we love you. You're from America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, we look around like, God damn it. Everybody yeah. else, I have to bring my husband with me because I don't want to be the only one. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, I I embrace it. I just um, I have been um, growing up black female in Atlanta. My mom did a great job, and I didn't see it at the time, but did a great job. I was uh, the only most of the time. Um, I was always I was in acting classes. Dan wherever I was in, I was usually the only black there. I spent my life being the only, um, and so I'm going to give you this history because this is why. No one can tell me my story is invalid because I'm like, fuck you. Um, and because I lived in Atlanta in a time when blacks didn't live above 20. People didn't live in Alpharetta. People didn't live in Leoburn. We didn't live up north of 20. That just wasn't the case. Um, and then I had, um, I had, um, because I was um, attending a Catholic church, a very progressive Catholic church at the time, my godparents were white. And they lived in a community that did not have black people. And I remember them taking me to the grocery store and people stopping and staring at me as I walked through the grocery store because they hadn't seen it. Now think about this as a seven, eight, nine, 10 year old girl. How safe did I feel 
being around that. So none of this shit, everybody wants to be surprised that there's racism and that's because it didn't affect you. So it was not something that you, um, again, it was your privilege. I, it wasn't my privilege. I was above 20 and black girls, but gut kids weren't above 20. I was also always loud and had an opinion. And so I got all the time, that's not ladylike. And if one more person with a penis told me something wasn't ladylike, I'm just gonna slap the shit out of somebody. Because who are you to say? And so I spent years trying to push myself in a mold to fit other people. And it wasn't until I got in my 40s when I started, when I went, no, it was late 30s, when I went back to myself. At 27, I realized that I was damn near, I was depressed. And something had to give. But because I had all these experiences and my mom had all these books in the house about, you know, I, I knew about reading books about visualization back in the 80s, 70s and 80s before other people even, it's the fad thing now. But mm-hmm. I, I had books on creative visualization and, 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 and the law of attraction. I had these books in my house yeah, law of attraction. years, years that. ago. And so um, when I was about 27, I was just like miserable. I just didn't, life just, I just like, this, this has to be more to this. And so I just started putting into practice um, well, first of all, I, I was, uh, had, had just had an experience that, um, that shook me to my core and no one is, I don't want to go into that, but, um, my mom suggested I go to counseling and after a few sessions of counseling, she was like, you're really well adjusted. And I was like, okay, it was just, I needed to talk through whatever that was. And so, um, I asked her a question, I was, cause again, the scientist, the researcher in me, I had been hearing stuff about the biochemistry of brains and how if you're, if you, let's say you've, you experience uh, a, a death or, or an explained um, uh, loss and so you're grieving and you're sad and that's not depression, that's just a part of the grieving process. It only becomes depression, let's say you broke up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. They only diagnose it with depression if a certain amount of time has gone by and you're, you're, you've kind of moved beyond that thing, but you're still having those behaving in the same way. You're, it's months out. You're no longer actually grieving that relationship, but you're still not getting out of the bed. You're still not. So what has happened at that point is your brain chemistry has changed. You've been in this cycle for so long that the chemistry of your brain has changed. Mm-hmm. That was empowering for me because it was like, if it changed one way, can I change it back? Mm-hmm. That was the question I asked. And she said, yes. I was, it was off to the races for me because that told me I had power and that this shit wasn't inevitable. It wasn't fated. I wasn't fated to be depressed. And I wasn't. You, and, you, cause, and, and, and at some point in my life, I was thinking the same thing about the brain. There's so much, I mean, there was uh, my curiosity to say, okay, what can the brain do? Can, it, can I, I would like, my husband would tell me something. And he would think I'm not listening. And I told him, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. It's just that at that moment, I hear you, and it's being stored mm-hmm. in this other part of mm-hmm. my brain because I'm not ready to use it yet. Mm-hmm. And then that curiosity is, is like, hey, wait a minute. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I can hear everything a person say and just not say anything and just absorb it mm-hmm. and understand it and then say, okay, no, 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 I need to, 
I need to know a little bit more about it and do some research mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. it. When, as when I was younger, I would never... It would have been reactive. Yes. You would have reacted yes. on things. Yes. yes. And so, but I want to do sit this caveat here. I'm not saying that depression is not real. I'm not saying that, and it's sad how many people in this industry are, 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 are challenged with depression. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying for me, knowing that it was brain chemistry and that through working on things that challenged the shit out of me, because it was not a hard, I mean, I said I started this at 27, I'm 48 and I'm now comfortable in my, that's what, 21 years? Yeah, yeah. Um, of, of work, of saying, yeah. of working through my shit. Yeah. Um, to get to a place where, in most cases, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Yeah. Are my choices. But you gotta, you gotta remember too. You know, when we got, when I got to that age, like you said, with that late thirties or um, in the forties, I started to evaluate my life along the way yeah. and start to see, okay, you know, and and get mad. I would get mad at myself for things I have done stupid, but then realize that it wasn't stupid. It was just something that I had to experience. Mm -hmm. And it, it's and it's those experiences how, and how you. Related to them, good, better, and different, that make you who you are. Who you are, exactly. And helps to tell your unique right. story. So that's my whole one about shut, just shut the fuck up. Because my story is, my, I've lived, this is my yeah. lived experience. Yeah. And that's the word I like to use. It's my lived experience. Right. And I have every right. For, and, and so this is, what, this is the change that's happening. In the past, we people of marginalized, underrepresented um, um, communities have had to listen to the lived experience of one sect of people. And we didn't say anything because it was threat. I mean, being from the South, you you could be lynched. You could do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff if you. I mean, there was a, a, threat, a threat of bodily harm, um, or being blackballed, being lost, losing your job. Well, you can't do that shit anymore. You cannot. So it's 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 a it's a thing of. For the first time, I, I am safe enough. I am bold enough. And honestly, I just don't give a fuck about yeah. your opinions. Yeah. That I know that my story, my lived experience, will help someone else to share their lived experience. Because yeah. I remember, I remember so many times that I would just not say, you know, mm -hmm. want to say mm -hmm. something, and was afraid to say something. And it's like I don't have to, and I don't have to be a bitch about it. I say yeah. what I have to now, say. Now, oh, I'm very clear. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly, I just, it, and I also practice. Uh, my dad was that kind of my dad and my grandfather. I'm glad I had them in my life because how most people are very passive-aggressive They say stuff they say something, but they mean something else That was never um, I, I I had those experiences, but as I started um, Doing those ex you know examining my life. I would say something and my dad or my dad would say something I was like, what do you mean? He said that's what I said and that's what I meant and I was like, I don't understand that because I was so used to having to decipher having to 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 translate what people really meant by what they said and having my grandfather my dad in my life to, who were people who very much if I said a I don't mean Z I mean a yeah if I wanted to talk about Z I talk about Z um, <laughs> and that was there were they were great role models in helping me craft that because what it did was like you're saying it allowed me to not respond to stuff right away to take stuff in and process it and figure out how I wanted to respond to stuff. So, um, and so as an example, um, I, with the junior dev mentoring, um, the code of conduct that we have, there was, um, so I begrudgingly, I did not want to come into this space of 
having conversations about inclusion, diversity, and safe space. I did not want to do it because I've seen how people are treated in the space. And now again, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? So right. I was like, how could I come into this space and not and, and be happy? How could I do this and be happy? Because that's my ultimate goal. Um, and so I had decided, I don't want to talk to you about your politics because I'm not here to change your mind. I want to talk to you about your morals because that's your lived experience. What I can talk to you about is economics. So that's what I decided to come in from an economics perspective. And that was a, so a week before my podcast post, the first one, I, in my group, um, Junior Dev Mentoring, somebody who's not even in my group posted a um, screenshot on Twitter and tagged the group and s- s- tagged a, a part of it that was talking about isms and made a comment how, that code of conducts are no different from political manifestos. And so I screenshot that and sent it to a few people to ask, because that was the first time that happened to me, like, is this what I think this is? And they were like, yeah, it's trolling. You know, they're trying to get a response out of you. Um, And and so when he wrote it, before I screenshot it, I asked, is there a question you're trying to ask? Because I was like, what is your question? Right. Um, And so by the time I got talked to a few people and, and figured out what this was, and I still hadn't. I was still at the time trying to figure out how I was going to respond to any kind of negative thing that was inevitably going to come my way based on this podcast. And so by the time I got back to it, several people, again, who are not in my community were doing the whole, uh, it's reverse racism thing, blah, 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 blah. And, and so his response was, read the read the screenshot and I said okay then I I was very clear that there was not a conversation he was trying to have so at that point I said um, this works for my community and it was on a Sunday have a great Sunday and happy 4th of July because 4th of July was coming around I was done and so even you were like because you know the person you're like oh I blocked him blocked him blocked him but I didn't want to do that yet so I was like again let me give myself 24 hours to figure out what this was and in 24 hours Several of these individuals were, again, not in my community, um, were, because a few people in my community, community were trying to answer their, you know, to defend. And I was like, no, I, what I was seeing was, now this is putting my community's safety at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a great job of creating an environment where people feel safe. Um, to be mentored, mm-hmm. mentor everybody feels safe there. So I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to respond to this. And at that point, I blocked them because I didn't want to be reactionary. I wanted to make sure because again, it's a public forum. People have uh, have opinion. the right to speak to have their opinion, right? But, but they didn't have the right to insult you. Or well, it didn't even insult me. What? But for me, it was I also too have a right to to uh, expose myself to what I choose to expose myself right. to. And That's right. what it was. Right. So it wasn't even that you, uh, you did anything to me. It was that as a community leader, I have a responsibility to take care of my community. Right. But even in that job, when I'm looking at, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? I get to choose the shit I look at. Right. And right. I don't choose to look, to look at, at your you, shit. Yeah, yeah. So That's when I blocked it. Right. Um, and so it's, a, again, when companies, and this is what Google did, when companies look at the greater, the greater picture, 
okay, he had a right to say it. But what you don't have a right to do is make my business uncomfortable for people who work yeah. there. That's what you don't have that's a right to do. Exactly. And that's, so that's, the, that's the bottom said, line, and right, that's it right. on that conversation. So that's people right. can argue that all day long, yeah. but the fact that people felt unsafe yeah. in a place of business, and I need them because they're my employees. Yeah. I need them to yeah. get their jobs done, Yeah. but they're not getting their jobs done because they're dealing with this shit. Now you're taking me off my game. Yeah. That's just the bottom line of that. So let's talk about, because there's two other things I want to talk about before okay. we, we, go, we go. And the, um, and I'm going to let the last thing be something that we're going to end with the show. But okay. let's talk about, let's talk about our women of code, Atlanta. Okay, what about it? What do you mean, what about them? You, I said, no, I, no, I thought you had something specific no, to say. No, I want, I mean, you Okay, got, well. I mean, so you know that it's like. That's we're, home. It's like that's our family. family. That's home. That's, you know. that's home. That's my tech home. And so, you and, know. It, and speaking at Rerise, that was the first time that my 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 family saw me speak, and I was so fucking nervous. I was really? so oh yes, it was important to me that I was so I, mad that I didn't get to see you speak because we were handling so much. Up. Yeah, and I was. I was so hurt. I was like, God damn it, I can't see. And I was like. Beth and, and Beth, me and Erica was like running around. I said, did, Beth, did you go see Kim speak? No, I didn't go see. What the hell? I mean, so it was like, I was like, next time we need to put her in the main book <laughs> because I need to see her. I need to, I didn't want you. And really, I was so hurt because you was upstairs. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I couldn't go upstairs. Oh, okay. Because when you, when you said that you were speaking, I was like, and you said, okay, Alicia, I'm going to be speaking in an hour. And then when I looked, it was already 30 minutes past. I was mm -hmm. like, this is yeah. Oh, shit. Well, right. for me, it was important that, again, it's, it's, it's like when you were a kid, you did shit at the house that when you went out in the public, you knew you didn't do. You were always on your best behavior. So that's what that was for me. It was like, I got to represent my family. I have to be on. I have to be this. And I was so happy that it was recorded, that, um, that there was a member. You did record it? Yeah. Oh, good. Then I need to find it because I need it. It's on my, it's on my YouTube. Okay. Yeah. It's on my YouTube. Because I need to see it. Yeah, it's on my YouTube. Because um, everybody raved. I mean, every conference that you've been to or anybody, because there's more than one person that told me about you wherever I went to mm -hmm. that heard you speak. And so I'm like, I need to, I like, I want to hear her speak. I've always, I want to hear you speak. I need to hear you speak. And so... We know when we, whenever somebody talks about, I think somebody locally said, have you heard Kim Creighton speak? I was like, hold up a second. You, listen, Kim Creighton, we don't need to know. We know how she is. <laughs> we just know how she is. She's crazy. She's just, yes. And she's our crazy Kim Creighton. <laughs> Nobody well, else can claim and, her. And it's, and it's, but it's not crazy. It's just, it's I real. I don't give a fuck. And yes. I'm going to say what it's is real. Yeah, exactly. And this Where is everybody is playing around. Like you said, and white males don't know what real is. Well, no, no, that's not, I'm not going to say that. White males know what their real is. Right, right, okay. They know what their real but is. But they haven't heard. But, but that is not the totality of what real is. Mm -hmm. So let me give an example. Uh, uh, this is an illustration I like to use. Let's say we're all painting a picture. So there's a, uh, a nude model standing there and we're all in a circle around the new model and we're all painting the picture we're all painting the same new model but based on where we were sitting in our perspective we're all painting something different, different. Yeah. yeah that's what that is yeah. and so for us to get the complete picture of the new model we need all those perspectives there um, so again I don't I'm not 
saying white men are the enemy. No, they're the key to opening the doors right. for us we because are, we don't have yeah. the key. Yeah, we so we need them as allies to say, you know what, Kim, Alicia, we like what you're doing. I'm going to introduce you to these people because um, let's be honest, neither of us have gotten paid for this. No. We're, we're flying all over no. the world having these conversations yeah. and no one has yet to say, hey, now, I don't want to work for anybody because I like being independent. Right. But no one has yet said, hey, what you're saying, we see is value in the community. How can we compensate you? Because um, all of this is great, but it doesn't pay my mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need those men who are, that's what they do. They open doors, they, they find funding, they do all these things. So we need them to, to vouch for us because right. this is new for us. Right. We and need you them right to open the door. Right. So I have nothing but, but what I had say. Again, they have only the perspective of one part of the picture of the new model. And see, because Women of Code is like, it's one of those things that the Atlanta chapter, we have built such a huge community yeah, we, we are we yeah. are it's and also yeah. the, the, and it's the community that i that i actually compare other communities that i'm in, in and how valuable they are to me if i'm not getting that kind of support Love. yeah from the other communities there really is no need for me to be there because you know doing the re-rise and reaching out to all these companies and they already knew who we were mm -hmm. and they're saying you know us learning from doing a conference was like, okay, next time we're not doing this shit at last minute, getting sponsorship. Mm -hmm. But we already have made our mark mm -hmm. with so many companies because they're like, oh, that's who y'all are. Or, mm -hmm. oh, we heard of mm -hmm. y'all. Mm -hmm. And so that, I mean, and even now we're like, okay, why can't I get Apple? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that we branded ourselves so well in Atlanta that even the companies in Atlanta who knew we, yep. we, we are. And we've done that because we work well together. Yes. We've yeah. done that because we, as a leadership team, sat down and determined what we wanted, what role, because there's some stuff I don't want to do. I'm in charge of newbies and speaking. All, all the other stuff, y'all can handle that. I don't feel like, I don't, that's not, again, right or happy. I don't, that doesn't make me happy. I know, but that means. And so everybody was like, oh, you don't want to do that? I want to do that. Yeah. So it's like everybody filled a role. And so that's what we were trying yes. to, that's what we was like, how we could find people to do, who yes. do certain things. And so, you know, that's why I was like, we, I was like, I, I mean, I was like, I love my women code. Mm -hmm. I love how we connect. I love how we are family. I love how we fight for each other. Oh my God. I mean, how many showed up for my workshop? Yeah. Just showed up. Yeah. You know? Just sort of sat in the back. People, the ones who participated, people just showed up just to say, we, we're we here to support you. Well, the next one you have, you know, we're going to get more people. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, I love that you did Periscope. Yes. On Twitter. Yes. I was shocked. Um, it went very well. Where were you shocked? Because that was the only second time I did. It was so funny because Angel helped me again, a women no, no, person. You know what? Helped I, me figure it out the weekend before. I didn't know it would look like that. It, look, mm -hmm. it looked really, really yes. good. Um, like you said, the first the first part of your Periscope, you had a nice little following. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many you had with the second. Um, yeah, nice. It was nice mm -hmm. too. So, and you did it at the right time. So it's knowing when and where to do it. Yeah, because I wasn't gonna Periscope my whole workshop because the workshop is $125. Yeah. But what I could do is Peris Periscope the, the, the panels. The discussion panels. Yeah, the discussion panels. And I'm thinking, yeah. I said, that would be nice if we could 
you know, do some of that at uh, the We Rise. Because mm -hmm. that panel we had, that would have been great yeah. if we had, uh, it, if we had that, uh -huh. Because that would have been a great marketing tool mm -hmm. for us to push for next year. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so those are things I'm like, you know, my husband talked about it, um, doing it for his stuff, but it's, it's like, for me, it's like it had to be, you have to do something that's going to be a niche that somebody's just going to gradually pick up. Knowing when to do it is mm -hmm. the most important thing. Yeah. It's knowing when to do it because and doing and it at eight o'clock in the morning is not gonna work you if know. you don't market it. It would work fine if you market it, but the fact that I had so far over a hundred people viewed it and I only announced it less than twenty four hours before it was happening, you know, um, so that speaks volumes to my network and what I've done to build my network and people are willing to hear what I have to say, but it also speaks volumes to the power of technology. Mm -hmm. And Periscope is a great um, platform for people to sh tell their stories. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about the podcast. Okay. Your podcast? Your podcast. Okay. What about it? I want to. What made you come up with to doing that? Because I really, I love the fact that you're doing it, and I love the fact that how you're approaching it, and and. And I see that it can it can actually be used to solve a problem. And that's again, right or happy. So my, I, I, again, I come from an entrepreneurial business perspective. What, how can I use my voice? Because, for me, the reason I I started it was because I'm so sick of seeing panels. I'm so sick of seeing organizations. I'm so sick of seeing people talk about diversity and inclusion and putting no resources behind it. What you mean? When I was at the AWS and I was sitting there with, a, I was looking at. You know, I was, so I was. It, it, it hurt. I didn't like to be the strong one of the bunch, because I was trying to be as real as possible to get them to understand. I didn't want to be the softy. I didn't want to like. Well, let's just pinch on the issue. And so, so it's 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 and so it's like popular to have these panels, but are people putting resources behind them? Are people? paying people like me to come out and speak or to create curriculums or to train people or doing these other things uh, who have the skill to do these. So that was, it started with that frustration because we're never going to move forward on these until, we, we, what's the, you know, put your money where your mouth is. We know what business is. We're not going to, um, this stuff doesn't work unless people put money behind it. That's just the bottom line. And so I wanted to have some, uh, for the five, for the, let's have some honest conversations about this. Some of these conversations I'm having, they make me uncomfortable, but that's okay because I'm going to be all right because people have a, and it's not me being uncomfortable because they have what they're saying. It's, I don't have that perspective. And so it's like, I'm so ignorant. So just having Jamie on the show, who's a transgender uh, woman with the NBA telling me, talk to me about the terms or the, you know, the transgender jargon, because I don't know it. That was just like, oh my God, it just opened my perspective to a lot of things. Um, so for me, I'm reaching out to, to people in organizations and communities who are willing to talk about the economic side of this, why inclusion, diversity, and safe spaces are important. And I can say that I'm very pleased with the caliber of guests that I've had. Um, I've had some, I'm having some really big people in tech um, who people, a lot of people admire come on the show and talk about this. And this includes white men. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very, I mean, 
on several occasions I'm almost in tears because I feel so humbled that people feel safe enough to tell their stories. Yeah. And yeah. that to me is is a privilege. Yeah. I, I take that very it's very important to me. Remember we can make people talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have comments on my um because you, you again, shut the fuck up. You don't need to comment on these people's experiences. Uh, you either listen, you can learn, or you don't, yeah. and it's okay. I, I like the fact you said I'm not gonna allow you to put comments on there. No, yeah. there are no comments on yeah, my they website. Listen or there are no comments. All of the day. Yep. So yeah, <sighs> babe, girl, you know I love you. <laughs> I love you too, girl. You know it's the one thing we, we talked about. It's like we ain't never been together like this ever. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like. I'm so glad I got you all to myself. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We haven't. We've never. Mm. As many people talk about us, we've never been in the same space yeah, at the same just time. Me, you, yeah. and nobody else. Yeah. And I'm like loving this shit. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like so glad that we sat down and talked. And, and there's um, a reason that our last conversation didn't record because yeah. this is a much better, this is a much richer conversation. Yeah, and yeah. it's like more comfortable, more yeah. relaxed. And yeah. we were with a bunch of bunch of people and we were running back and forth. Yeah, exactly. It was just too much going yeah. on. Yeah. So now it's like I'm appreciative of how we are able to sit and talk. And I'm glad that we're like, we both are like, like at the same level but doing so many different things. Yeah, and, and, that's, the, and that's the value of when people of why I like this because I'm not in competition with you and you're not in competition no, with me. Girl. So that's why I'm saying you, you I didn't you didn't take my place as a keynote or whatever. Well you know I'm you yeah, know I was just but, but I wanna I wanna address that. Yeah. Because somebody will say, look at these women. <laughs> and that's not what it is. There's no. enough opportunity for all of us out here. Of course it and is. And that's what I love about this tech like, space. <laughs> because once tech gets this inclusion, diversity and, and, and safe spaces shit right, other industries will have to follow. Yeah. And so we're the so I'm just so excited to be. It's like we're trailblazers. I'm so excited. Yeah, to be a I know because we, we. I mean, you you fussed at me. It's like, what the hell you say that for on um, what was it on um, Twitter? Remember I said. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I have to say that because I have to always remind myself mm -hmm. that I love mm -hmm. my women mm -hmm. and always remember to humble myself to to say that if I would not have been there without y'all. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, we both know we have what we said. We have this. We put the right people around us. Yes. We don't want the drama. Mm -hmm. We put the right people around us. That I got Erica to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this shit. Mm -hmm. I got Kim to say, I'm going to kick you in the ass. Mm -hmm. Fuck that shit. Mm -hmm. You know. And I got Beth saying, Alicia, <laughs> you know, you all right. Mm -hmm. You know, my baby. So you put that mm -hmm. because. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't be where I'm at right exactly. now. Exactly. And that's why I always have And that's to. the value of community, and that's what makes businesses grow. And that's why organizational culture is so important, because you want people to feel safe in their environment, because when they feel safe, they put in... It, it, people think the opposite. They're not going to leave because the grass is not always greener. And if you've shown love and... Well, not even love. Compassion, and, and, and you've invested in their growth, they will stay there for lower paying money because the other side is not worth it. Yeah, and I, I tell people a lot of. And so that's what people need. The businesses yeah. think to think yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, so that's another thing too. You know, people's like, you, you know, what is your value? My value is happiness. Yes, and I'm not giving. And up, I'm said, not giving it up for anybody. And I, said, and I tell them. I said they said so. Money is not your value. Money can't make you happy, babe. Now I'm all trust them. Trust me. Now I want that, but I'm not going to. I'm saying. All the, you, if, if I have, if you're saying six figures is going to make me happy with a company that's going to make me lousy, mm -mm, I wouldn't, I mm -mm, wouldn't take nope. it. 
I would take something less mm -hmm. to be happy. Yes. And so that's what I'm mm -hmm. really trying to say. And then that's say. what I'm saying. So I'll, we'll, let's end on this because I've done this, this unofficial poll. And this is something people think they think about. When I talk to people from underrepresented and uh, marginalized communities and I ask them, if there's a job, let's say we'll, we'll say the minimum pay is 70000 because that's a, a good minimum pay for most people. Right. There's a minimum pay of 70000 and one company will give you $10,000 more, but the culture is toxic, or what you would consider toxic, would you take it? And in every situation, somebody from underrepresented and marginalized communities said no. They would take the lower paying job to feel safe in their environment. That's economics. Yep. So babe, thank mm -hmm. you so much. I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed to have you in my sister yes. in world, system realm, and um, I don't. I can't just. Well, I, don't I appreciate know. what you do. I know. I don't and know. Um, and I love you too, girl. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. This is Kim Crane. She already put her Twitter handles out there, and her <laughs> website. So we ain't gotta repeat it no yeah. more. Thank you, Kim, for doing the interview with me. Thank you for having me. Love you. Love you, all. Bye.